0: Health Matters
1: with Karen Key.
0: And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. This evening, I'm joined by Dr. Johann Bluchnert. He's a registered and qualified general surgeon with a special interest in minimally invasive surgery in the management of venous disorders, including varicose veins, spider veins, venous ulcers, and chronic venous insufficiency. And this evening, we'll also be telling you about the latest in advanced endovenous vascular surgery for varicose veins. Dr. Bluchnert, good evening. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi Corin, yeah, thank you for having me on the show again.
0: Well, just a reminder before we begin that if you need any information regarding Health Matters or anything to do with this evening's show, you've missed a contact number, you can always find it on Facebook, it's Health Matters on SAFM, or you can email me directly on healthmatters at safm.co.za. If you have any questions relating to anything to do with your veins, spider veins, varicose veins, venous ulcers, all those sorts of things, you can call us now on 0892 10 Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, as I said, tonight we're talking about your veins and just a little bit of background information. You know, as your heart beats, it pumps blood through a system of blood vessels called the circulatory system. Arteries carry oxygen-rich blood away from the heart, and veins return oxygen-poor blood back to the heart. Now, your veins are flexible hollow tubes with flaps inside called valves, and when your muscles contract, the valves open and allow blood to move through the veins. When your muscles relax, the valves close, keeping blood flowing in one direction through the veins. Veins become larger and larger as they get closer to your heart. The superior vena cava is the large vein that brings blood from the head and the arms to the heart, and the inferior vena cava brings blood from the abdomen and the legs into the heart. Now if the valves inside your veins become damaged as a result of venous disease, the valves may not close completely, allowing blood to leak backwards or to flow in both directions. So what exactly are venous disorders and diseases? Well, they include things like blood clots, deep vein thrombosis, superficial venous thrombosis or phlebitis, chronic venous insufficiency, varicose and spider veins, as well ulcers well now that we've got all of that out of the way we can find out more from dr Johann bluchner dr bluchner i think we all are aware of what varicose veins is possibly not that clued up on what spider veins are could you just give us a little bit of background what exactly are
2: varicose veins yeah, so the veins that we find uh, come in different sizes and shapes and, and they lie in different layers within the skin. They all have one function in common and that's to return the blood back up to your heart. Now, spider veins are the very fine, thready veins that you find right in the surface or in the outer layer of the skin. And they are also the most visible veins. And it's for this reason that m- patients that do have uh, spider veins present more often with those who have it cheated, <coughs> Whereas varicose veins... It's essentially a healthy vein that has turned into a diseased vein. So the varicose veins are much larger veins and they can line a much deeper part of the skin and even well under the skin and deep into the subcutaneous fat. So those veins can actually enlarge to quite a large size before they become visible. So the little spider veins, um, as soon as they become abnormal, they become visible immediately and that's why patients... Uh, well they will often disregard it early on and then as the spider veins get worse they'll become more and more self-conscious of it and then they'll start changing the way that they dress and then eventually seek treatment for it.
0: Do the sp- Can the spider veins become varicose veins or are they two completely different things?
2: No, it's two completely different things. So a spider vein is medically known as it's a it's a very, very small little vessel. So there's actually a type of blood vessel in between a spider vein and a varicose vein and we call those reticular veins and these are just the way that your venous system is organized in very, very small veins draining into slightly larger veins and again draining into larger veins. Just as you've mentioned, the blood eventually ending up in the inferior vena cava which is several centimeters in size and if we look at the little spider veins they are merely a millimeter in size
0: now something like varicose veins for example is
2: it, could that be hereditary could, could it run in families absolutely that's actually the number one reason for someone developing varicose veins i mean there, there's a number of risk factors um Uh, But of all these risk factors, uh, your genetics or your family history is the absolute most important reason. So if you have both a mom and a dad and they both suffer from varicose veins, unfortunately you as as the offspring would have a very high risk of suffering from varicose veins. Some of the other risks include (coughs) your age as you grow older, essentially. And then uh, women are, are obviously more prone to develop varicose veins because of pregnancy and then obesity, and then all the professions where you tend to stand for very long periods of time. And more recently, we've we've identified uh, uh, people that sit for extended periods of time. They are at risk as well.
0: So we have to move is what you're saying. Don't sit or stand still. Just keep moving. Yes. Can any complications arise from varicose veins?
2: Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Um, So... Uh, One of the things uh, that most people don't understand is that your, your heart actually doesn't pump the blood all the way around into your feet and back up again. It only pumps the blood down into your feet. So that blood has to get back up to your heart through a very complicated system. So your venous system is actually far more complex than the arterial system just getting the blood down there. Getting it up, it has to get the blood out of your feet against gravity, back up to your heart. And this is how that system of valves and the muscle pump, the calf pump and the thigh pump, and then eventually your chest sucking the blood back up to your heart. So any any abnormality in that system will cause disease. So for instance, if you stand long periods of time, your calf pump is not working. That's why <coughs> also they say that high heels Um, is problematic in patients with varicose veins. We don't find that a lot. But the theory behind it is that wearing a high heel splints your calf, and your calf is not actually contracting. So, i.e., it would worsen your your varicose veins so um, and then again with the valves then valves can get damaged during pregnancy they can get damaged in the deeper system w- with a condition called deep venous thrombosis so anything or and then with your genetic reasons where you just genetically have poor quality valves and at some stage they blow out and then they start leaking blood down towards your foot in the wrong direction so then the problems that arise from that first of all is uh, the most common symptom is just mild swelling around your ankles that you notice towards the end of the day that would slowly progress, and eventually patients would develop things like restless legs at night. Um, if, you're, if the swelling becomes m- more pronounced, um, those patients will actually get up at night and have nighttime urination. So they, the body is getting rid of that fluid at night, and you're peeing it out, and you might not understand why that's happening, but it might be due to your varicose veins.
0: Gosh, so that actually can cause quite a lot of problems for you. I didn't realize there was all that involved in having varicose veins. Yes. Now, the thing is, we, I mentioned in the very beginning that there's now this new treatment or this um, advanced endovenous vascular surgery which is i think if people know about varicose veins back in the old days people used to speak about stripping the veins and apparently it was quite a a major operation or a major situation to go through but the, this new it's radio frequency ablation that you use now is that right
2: yeah. So <coughs> just to go back in the history of this a bit, um, we've been, as as a medical profession, we've been stripping veins since 1905. Yes. So it's long overdue for a reinvention. So, yeah, so I- in the early 2000s, um, these new endovenous procedures came about in, in the U.S. And they started um, treating veins in an endovascular route, meaning that we don't try and go from the outside to try and remove the vein. We just go straight inside the vein and damage it enough so it'll seal off and your body will reabsorb that vein. So these, uh, the, the gold standard in treatment or the standard of care in terms of varicose veins these days are endovenous techniques. And the most prominent one is radiofrequency ablation where we put a catheter into the vein and we essentially just burn that vein under local anesthetic and it seals itself off. Now, this is what we're doing today. And I can tell you, if we're having this conversation in five years' time, it's going to be something new.
0: Like, do you Remember back in the day we used to do this radio frequency ablation, the old thing? Absolutely. We don't do that anymore, but yeah, no, it's, this technology is moving at an alarming rate. But now, just one thing, people seeing to this thinking, well, if we're so dependent on these veins doing all this work that we've been talking about, now you're going and killing this thing, what is it going to do to, I mean, is everything still going to work properly if you suddenly go killing off all these damaged veins?
2: Yeah, I get to answer this question a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so first of all, um, most patients that have a problem having it torn out of them yes. in the past with a stripping surgery. Well, in the simple fact of the matter is that your body is not using that vein at the moment. It's now gravity dependent, so it doesn't have functioning valves within it. So the only time theoretically that that vein would function normally is if you were to walk around on your head. Oh. So gravity doing the job in it. So your your body is removing the blood out of your leg through other veins. So fortunately, your leg has a, a tremendous amount of redundancy in terms of it, if it's venous drainage, and that blood is already leaving your leg using um, other veins. So treating it sealing it off actually improves the circulation because now your leg is able to get that the used up blood so blood without oxygen and nutrients it's actually able to get that blood out of your leg back up to your heart to have it revitalized to be pumped down into the leg so it's better rather than not having the damaged vein anywhere near you just get rid of it exactly Okay, and
0: the recovery time from this sort of procedure is a lot quicker as well than it was from the stripping procedure.
2: Yeah, so the, the stripping procedure is an extremely damaging procedure. It used to damage um, a lot of the tissue around it, and that, that is also the, the problematic part of that surgery is because of all the trauma of the surgery. Um, with the intravenous techniques, one of the, the things that we do is to isolate the vein with a dimension-fluent mixture that we inject around the vein, so that vein is being separated from the fatty tissue and the muscle around it and it's being isolated so when the heat is applied to it it absolutely only treats the vein and that's why there's minimal trauma to it and basically, those patients get up off the bed afterwards. This is done under local anesthetic, and they walk out, and they have no pain afterwards.
0: Sure. And before, it was quite a quite a long recovery time.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a week in bed with bandages. Yeah, and it's a very, very delayed return back to work and to your normal
0: activities. So this is sounding a whole lot more promising now for all of those people who have, who have been considering some sort of surgery for the var- varicose veins. Just If you have any questions for Dr. Blochner the number to call is 892, 10 20 10, 0892 10 20 10. And we have our first question. Caller on the line, Francois in Cape Town. Good evening. Good evening, Karen and Dr. Bluffner. Thank you you for taking my call. Pleasure. You've got a problem there, Francois, I believe. Uh, Just briefly,
1: I'm 71 years old. Uh, I inherited my vagus vein from my mom. In 1972, I had been stripped. Uh, Since 1990, I've cycled 15 August rides. Three nights ago, I was showering, and after drying myself in the shower, about three inches up from my right ankle, one of my veins squirted blood out about 12 inches. I just want to ask the doctor if it's
2: possible to fix that area. Yeah, Francis, thank you for your call. Um, what, what you've just described now is an extremely common complaint. So, very typical history with having undergone a previous stripping. Um, when I see patients like yourself in my clinic, we obviously rescan all of those patients. Be- because the stripping surgery... Had, as such, poor outcomes. We see as the, the published recurrence rate, meaning veins coming back after stripping operation, is 60%. So it, it's a very poor operation in terms of outcome. So we would obviously have a look at your leg and see whether that vein was adequately removed. Um, very often, a new vein will become incompetent. So it's called an incompetent perforator. It's a different class of vein. So it's a, it's a small vein that actually collects connects the deep system to the superficial system and it, it too has valves within it and if those valves break down pressure is being transmitted from the deep vein that lies next to the bone to the surface in the skin now those veins in the surface of the skin are not made to accept that amount of pressure and eventually that vein will stretch out stretch out it'll slightly erode through the skin and then very often in the bathroom because this is where it always happens after shower or bath the skin is very vulnerable it makes a little tea and it starts bleeding and it can bleed extremely profusely I mean, those patients are usually shocked and alarmed at the amount of blood that's come out. Fortunately, yes. the simple treatment for this just to go and sit down and put your leg up against the bath or against the wall, and the bleeding should cease immediately. Um, yes, I, the, the, uh, thank you, Doctor. Is there anything the,
0: to worry about, though, if this happens? Well, the,
2: the, that area needs to be treated. So you need to in and see somebody, um, there is probably a little segment that would need to be cheated. Um, what we generally do is just inject foam sclerotherapy into it. So we find the, the vein that, that's causing um, the bleed and we inject uh, foam sclerosin and it seals it off. If you don't do it, that area will form a little scab and it's very likely that in a few weeks or in a few months you'll have a bleed again. Thank
1: you, Dr. Zini. We are confined to ask for help.
2: Um, France was in Cape Town yeah sure Uh, if you have a look at my website veinsurgery.co.za if you get a hold of me I can refer you to someone in Cape Town because you are based you. in Durban, Dr. Yeah, I, I am. I have, I have a clinic in Durban and then up here in Johannesburg.
0: Okay. And what about us, poor of us down here in Cape Town?
2: <laughs> Not yeah. good. You, you, have, <laughs> you have some excellent surgeons. I, I'd be very happy to share the details with you. Okay. Francois,
0: we do have your phone number. Um, do you want us just to call you back with the contact details for Dr. Bluchnot in Durban and then the, the, his office there will be able to put you onto somebody here in Cape Town? I'll
1: appreciate that very much,
0: Francois. Okay. Thank we'll you. do that. And good luck to you, Francois. Look after yourself. I shall do. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Good night. Good night. Bye bye. Yeah. So this this is obviously, as you said, now quite a common thing. So when they did the stripping, did they not obviously take the whole
2: vein out then? Yeah. You you know, the patients that that we scan, that we see, that have had strippings done in the past. I'd say roughly about 30% of those patients, the, the vein that was supposed to be stripped out is still in there. So either the wrong vein was removed or in 8% of people you have the duplication of veins. The wrong the, uh, vein? Yes. But surely so, you
0: can see you've got this big bulging
2: vein. And unfortunately, you can't. When oh. you do that operation and you make an incision up in the groin, you are confronted with five different branches. And oh. a, a surgical error happens and you often pass the cable. I mean, I've done this myself. You pass the cable down the incorrect vein and you strip the vein. Often a patient would have trouble in an accessory vein and you would strip the accessory vein out and leave the greater saphenous vein behind and then the trouble is in both of the veins but you just strip the one out that you could see.
0: Okay, so maybe this whole radio frequency ablation thing sounds like a whole much of a
2: better deal. Yes, yes, of because d-
0: d- <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, thank goodness, I don't have any family members of varicose veins because I would be panicking here. D-
2: there's, uh, there's one thing just in, in terms of front, mm. the next step. So if you have a bleed, a varicose vein bleed, usually happens at home or in the bathroom. Mm. Put your leg up, wait for it until, until it stops. And then um, you need to p- apply compression bandage to it. You need to put something like a small sock or something on that area and then apply a very tight bandage around it. So Oh, right. Okay. That's the
0: next step to it. Okay, So I hope you got that. I hope you're still listening. Um, do that, and we'll we'll get in touch with you and give you some contact details. Right, we have another caller on the line. If you have any questions, 0892-10-2010, 10 2010 Jay in Durban, good evening.
3: Good evening. I, I, I just couldn't believe the topic that was coming on. I was just speaking to my son. His son is in London, and he's going for um, what you call the thrombosis, or very um, vein- Yes, like yeah, yeah, and uh, she sounded very, very concerned. I quickly found her. Please tune on She c- couldn't believe it. I- I'm sure she's definitely listening on. <laughs> but I have a question for myself. Yes. Uh, the inner side of my, uh, uh, you know, uh, right at my knee, the inner side. That's where I notice the fine veins. Mm. Uh, you know, like spider web. Yes, the uh, spider veins. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, I was told that. Those are most dangerous than the bigger ones that stick out. But I want to uh, go right back to saying now, uh, further on, my mom had terrible varicose veins. But fortunately, none of our girls have picked up them. My mom had six, seven bottles, but none of us have picked up that. Oh, that's very lucky. Vein. Yeah. But I am very concerned now, the spider like uh, mm. uh, thing, you know, veins is coming. And I notice I do have pains uh, a a lot on on my thighs and my legs. And besides that, uh, another uh, very concerning thing for me is, you know, my hands, the veins all stick up very, very prominently. It looks quite terrible. And I just want to know why
0: does that happen? Why? I, I noticed. Okay, um, Jay, let Dr. Bluhner answer first. Let's go with the spider veins first. Are they yeah, more yeah. dangerous than the varicose veins?
2: No, no, that's definitely not more dangerous. It's a cosmetic problem. So spider so it's veins. It's purely is, cosmetic. It's a pure cosmetic problem. It's very rare to have a patient that has true venous insufficiency, meaning there's a valve problem, to present uh, with a valve problem, but with spider veins. It's far more often that we see a valve problem plus varicose veins, so not really the spider veins. But I mean, again, if you have symptoms like that, ideally you should have a duplex scan done um, and that would show what the status of the valves and the deeper veins are. Because she's
0: talking about pains in her legs as well, which could be the
2: problem, yeah. So pain is a very broad term. Um, I'm always very cautious in in telling patients that, you know, we treat your veins and your pain will miraculously go away because pain is multifactorial. It can come from your back, hip, knees. So many other places, but there is this very specific pattern of pain um, with varicose veins. And that, that generally is your pain is, or your legs feel great in the morning and they get worse towards the end of the day. And at the end of the day, you have to sit down and get get them up in the air, and then they'll slowly start to recover. So that's typical venous pain. If that's the type of vein you have, it's your veins.
0: And then she also mentioned the very large
2: veins on the tops of her hands. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to do. Um, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, Jay, but. Uh, um, as no, we no,
4: you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm now
2: 67. Okay, She's still young. So, so <laughs> at a young <laughs> age, as we grow older, the normal uh, fatty layer under our skin slowly atrophies or it disappears, and that's very evident um, on the bony surfaces, so in your face and on the on the uh, back back of your hands. So, as that fatty layer disappears, the veins obviously become more prominent. Um, I often get um, patients coming in asking to have these veins treated. Now, it is possible to treat it and it can be done quite effectively but uh, i i don't like doing that i think those veins are important you know for all sorts of other medical reasons so you know unless there's a, a very very compelling reason to do it i try and steer away from that
0: so jay obviously nothing to worry about except for the pain in your legs maybe just going to have yourself checked out and make sure and there's nothing there up. thank you so much for
3: this topic you came at the right time <laughs> because my friend son is going in for this up op- and uh, I'm
0: sure she's going to contact him to <laughs> <Okay. after. laughs> right away yeah. tonight. Thank you, Jay. Nice, you to, nice to chat with up. you. Bye. Good night to you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Um, this radio frequency ablation that we, and our Jay says her friend was going to go in for this, um, as you say, it's a lot less traumatic um, to the body itself. Obviously, the recovery time is a whole lot better. Are there, is there any downside to doing this?
2: Yeah, very little. Um, by a little talk usually with the patients include the, the possible complications and I'm going to put it in perspective um, the, the most common thing that we see is called phlebitis afterwards mm. it's, a, it, it's an inflammation of the vein it happens about a week to 10 days afterwards and it'll last for a week and it merely feels like a pulled muscle in your thigh Some And it's patient, not not everybody's
0: going to get that, no, it's just, it might happen
2: exactly, 10 to 20% of cases and, and it won't interfere with your normal day to day activities, the patients that are most frustrated by it are people that exercise quite uh, strenuously so they have difficulty going back and and exercise at their normal intensity so generally you need to rest your legs for a week or two uh, if you do strenuous exercise if you don't do strenuous exercise this is not really going to bother you then uh, some of the other possible complications again is where the needle goes in and all of this is done through a needle opening so we're talking about a two millimeter opening in your skin nothing more there's no cutting involved so where the needle goes in, you can potentially get an infection. So the quoted rate there in the, in the in the scientific journals is less than 1%. We've seen it even less than that, closer to 0.1%. If it happens, you take an antibiotic for the infection. And then the more serious complications would include something like a deep vein thrombosis. So... Actually, undergoing a surgery can trigger a deep vein thrombosis. Again, it's an extremely rare complication, and it can be treated very effectively. We, we would have to put you onto an anticoagulant, meaning we have to thin your blood for six months afterwards. So in my own sort of series of patients, we've done 2,000 of these procedures now, and we've had two patients with, with a DVT. So it, it's 0.00-something zero, zero percent um, that the actual risk is. And your risk is greater in, in your elderly patients, mm. patients that are immobile, um... The, patients that, the two patients that we found, they were both close to their 80s um, and unfortunately not that mobile. And, and those are greater risks for developing a DVT than the actual procedure. Your, your risk of suffering a DVT after other surgeries like uh, pelvic surgery or orthopedic procedures are far greater than this mm. procedure.
0: Yes, I'm almost like, too scared to go to hospital these days. You know? <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> right, if you have any questions, 0892 Maggie 2010. Maggie, in Umtato, good evening. Good evening to you, Karen. How are you? Very well. How are you?
4: Uh, I'm a victim of varicose veins. Oh, my well. goodness.
0: Oh, dear. I'm so sorry to hear that.
4: Yeah. Okay. What I want to find out from the doctor is, uh, I have varicose veins, and there was a time when I even had ulcers. What caused ulcers? Because I've got scars on my left. Mm. And when I went to one of the doctors, he said, those, uh, those ulcers. What
2: That's the venous yeah. ulcers, Dr. Bluffner. Yeah, mm. so that that's a dreaded complication from venous insufficiency. So, th- we we grade um, venous disease from grade zero, where there's v- visually nothing to see on the legs, to grade six, where there's an open ulcer on your leg. Now, no no yeah. one truly understands why we develop um, venous ulcers because of venous reflux. There are various theories. Um, suggested but what we do know is is that uh, venous reflux or the fact that the blood deoxygenated uh, poor quality blood flowing back down to your foot plays a major role in it and if we can correct that those ulcers tend to heal uh, one of the other things that that's come up in the last few years is that there's generally uh, the, the uh, frontal with these bleeding varicose mm. vein where I mentioned there might be an incompetent perforator vein which is a small segment of vein right where the bleeding site is in in 70% of ulcers it seems that the same thing happens there is that there's a short segment of vein causing a high pressure of blood in that vicinity right at the apex of the ulcer so that needs to be closed so venous ulcers are as a consequence of uh, varicose vein or, or um venous insufficiency and those veins have to be investigated and treated. Now you do get venous ulcers because of two different reasons. One might be what we're talking about now, so superficial vein reflux and the other large category of Generally, untreatable ulcers are the ones that happen in patients that have had a DVT in the past. So they've had a previous DVT, and some years down the line, they started to develop symptoms in their leg and then eventually an ulcer. So that's known as post-thrombotic syndrome, and it's a completely separate group of patients. And unfortunately, their problem lies in the very deep vein, and those patients or those ulcers are not treatable.
0: Maggie, has your, have your ulcers healed now? What is the situation?
4: Um <coughs> No, the ulcers have now healed because I, I used the stockings. The, the stockings, okay. That's right. Yes. But uh, uh, there are times when, you know, they see those blisters, they do come up again. The blisters, What yeah. can I do now?
2: Okay, so he's getting blisters coming up now. So, so Maggie, just so, have you had a blood clot in your leg before? Sorry? Have you ever had a blood clot in your leg?
4: No, no, no. All right. So it's quite likely that
2: yours is just superficial reflux. So you would need to see a surgeon that can sort that out. Um, otherwise, um, you would, you would uh, basically go between stages where you have an open ulcer and where the skin is healed. And that process will just keep on repeating itself. Unfortunately, the more often and uh, diligent you wear your compression stocking, the less often you would have uh, an open ulcer. So, basically, okay, it keep wearing okay, your stockings. Have,
4: have these varicose veins that out or what?
0: Oh, no. Must she, get, she wants to know if she, Should she should get rid of the varicose veins because she has that on top of the
2: ulcers now. Yeah, it, it, it's the same process. So, you have venous reflux, the, the valves that are leaking, and it's manifesting itself through two things in your case, A, varicose veins, and B, a venous ulcer. So, having the, the vein reflux sorted out would improve or change both of those conditions. Okay. So, ideally, you need to see a surgeon that can do a duplex scan on your leg and determine whether there's superficial vein reflux. And if that is there, that need to be treated.
4: Oh, I think I can do that,
2: but I really don't know which doctor
4: I can go to. You're because in, you're in, in to Umtata.
0: Dr. Vigabin. Yeah, you normally go to doctors in Durban. Yes, well, come visit yes. us in Durban. Yeah, there is, uh, Maggie, there is a website. It's veinsurgery.co.za. You can have a look there. And there's lots of information there and contact details. And maybe get in touch with, with Dr. Bluchner's office in Durban and they can possibly put you in touch with someone who could help, who could assist you.
4: Oh, Okay. If they can contact me because I'm using the standard <coughs> the standards the South. South African Defense Force
0: um, medical aid. Oh, okay. So the
4: doctor I have to use must be
0: in their system. Oh, right. Okay. But yeah. then mayb- maybe just get in touch with the office, with Dr. Blicknote's office in Durban, and they'll be able to help you from there.
4: <coughs> okay. If they
0: can give me their numbers. Okay. I'll, I'll give out the numbers. Uh, can I give out the office number, Dr. Blicknote? Yeah, absolutely. It's the 0315663960. Have okay. <laughs> to, I have to wear my glasses Okay Maggie I'll give it out again in a moment So go off and get all your pen and paper And your glasses And give me a couple of minutes And I'll give out the number again Yeah
4: I've got the
0: pen Are oh, oh, you ready? It's 031 oh, 031 yes 566
4: 566
0: 39 three, nine. Three, 60 60 Thank
4: you very much
0: Kevin Good luck Maggie You are such a good girl Thanks Good night, good night to you night. Right off to Port Shefton Alice good evening
3: uh, good evening. Hello. Thanks for the wonderful program.
0: Pleasure. How can we help uh, you, Alice?
3: Uh, my problem is, uh, for the past two years, I do have very cost I have it, I mean, I always wear my stockings, but in the past two years, it's gone there. I'm 66 years old. I went really, and saw so, you know, someone, and we arranged all the procedures for what they're sold. The procedure that you are now, um you know, discussing, and my medical aid turned it down, saying that it's mm. very necessary. Yeah, the you doctor. Know, I, I cannot the... put my two thighs on. I'm size thirty seven. Yeah, this. ninety one centimeters. I cannot put my two legs together and sleep oh, because sure. the the bowels you know, the vein hurts each other. That's. I that's... don't know if you.
0: That's terry. your line, no, I, your, I, Alice. Your line Marie, is Marie. Alice. Marie. Your, Alice. Your line Marie. is really bad. We can we can't hear you terribly well. Can I just try and find out You said that you've got very bad varicose veins. you, are, yes. you have been wearing your stockings, and when you made yes. inquiries about having this um, new procedure done, yes. your medical aid has turned it down. Is that what you're saying? Because they yes. said it was cosmetic. Yes.
1: And that
3: was the first time in five years that I used my medical
2: aid. Alice, uh, oh. can I just ask uh, which medical aid are you on?
3: Uh, it was a mid shield. And mid shield. You know, two oh. of my relatives did do this procedure and they suggested it to me. They yes. were on the medic, I mean on a hospital plan but they successfully did it.
2: Yeah, it, but it's mine
0: a- was Alice, sorry, just hold on a second. Alice, just hold on a second. It,
2: it, it sometimes okay. just takes takes a motivation from the from the surgeon in terms of the procedure. Um, it is unfortunate that that there are some of the medical aides, and unfortunately, we're talking about four or five medical aids here that 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 still look at this surgery as a cosmetic procedure simply because they are uh, they are completely clueless. There's no other word to describe them.
0: Oh, poor, poor Alice says she can't even sleep at night yes. because her legs can't touch each other. They're so bad. I'm
3: Years old, and I do not show my legs
0: because I wear yes. a pair of pants or an Indian traditional. But, WC. It's, but it's uncomfortable for you, Alice. Yes, it
3: is. But I subsequently changed my
0: medical aid. The, uh, and, in now, January. and now, and may, now, maybe they'll help you
2: with this.
3: I don't know. I'm a little bit scared about approaching them now.
2: No. No, you should approach it. Yeah. There, there's, there's literally about four or five medical aids out of the nearly hundred medical aids in the country that that uh, don't cover this procedure. Um, okay, all the
3: midfield that didn't cover it.
2: Yeah, that
3: I subsequently changed to Cesare, and I checked before that do they cover?
2: Cesare, yeah. As well, far as I'm aware, they they actually do cover it. Well, then the, you, the major medical aids, the top five major medical aids, all cover this procedure. And it's, and it's paid out of your hospital plan or your in-hospital major risk benefit.
3: Yes, the other two relatives did go to a hospital plan. Anyway, thank you very much. I've got your telephone number, and I'm going to phone the doctor.
0: Well, you're in Portugal. you, well, you I, gave yeah. it to Alice, I took it down. Okay, you've very got good. it. Thanks, and Alice. Well, good, good luck to you. I you so hope you can get it, it sourced out. lovely program. It's a pleasure. And
3: I'm an old lady. That's wow, why I was really upset to be turning down.
0: <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, shame. Good luck, Alice. Thank Thanks. Back. Good night. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I love these medical aids when they they everything is suddenly cosmetic when they don't want to pay for something. You know. Yeah. Fascinates me. Anyway. Right, off to Peter Maritzburg. Steve, good evening.
1: Hey, good evening, Karen Hello. The cell phone's the is about to die, so oh. I'll just get pretty really, quickly. Okay. Does this there's this new procedure of Dr. Büchner? Um, replace uh, the piles or hemorrhoids treatment that was previously so painful?
0: No, no, I don't (laughs) think so. Does
2: it? Unfortunately (laughs) not. There are new surgeries available for um, piles and hemorrhoids that don't involve um, excising them in that Mm -hmm. very painful manner. Um, Yes, you should speak to your general surgeon. There are are specifically two new procedures available. Oh, that sounds promising. Steve, go and make inquiries. Okay.
0: Thanks Thanks so much. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah, I think the way technology is going, we're not going to have to go through this almost medieval torture when we go for certain procedures. Because no. I mean, sometimes, you know, I think that's the mere thought of going in for some of these procedures in the past was enough to put you off and you just suffered anyway because you thought that's going to just be worse than the suffering.
2: Absolutely. There's lots of patients that actually come in that say, mm. listen, I've had veins for 20 years, yeah. but I couldn't bear having <laughs> this tripping done.
0: Now it's not so bad. Yes. And recovery time is really quick.
2: It, it's one day. Well, I can tell you, I can, I can just give you a sneak preview. We, we're bringing this into the country in the next month. Month or so, uh, where the next evolution essentially of this is not even to burn the vein, we simply ins- insert a long catheter and we inject super glue and we just glue the vein. Oh, you are kidding me? Yeah, no. super glue. Yeah, I was just at the <laughs>
0: just like that like is something out of science fiction.
2: Yes, absolutely. I was at the International Vein Congress about two weeks ago, and, yeah, it, it's going to undergo a new um, evolution in, in the treatment of veins.
0: So now we're going to get sprayed full of superglue. I mean, that's Ab- hilarious. Yes. Oh, well, and that's even, even less invasive than yes, this radio frequency blation yeah. thing. It's just going to squirt you full of superglue. That's rather fun. Well, if you have any questions, we don't have too much time. We've got about 20 minutes left. Oh, 89 2010 10. Ivan in Krugersdorp, good evening.
1: Evening and evening to the surgeon. Um, I, I'd like to ask, uh, I, I seem to have one leg that's colder than the other, and I've got a, a feeling that uh, I'm developing knee problems in in the cold leg. Uh, I wonder if, if this is due to a vein problem, and I also uh, just struck me uh, why you were only talking about
2: veins uh it, it's because i only treat veins so i'm not a vascular surgeon i don't treat arterial disease and what you're actually describing here is arterial disease so unless your your normal vein is or, or normal leg is the cold leg and the abnormal leg is the warm leg because it has so many veins i would look at you but if you have two no, two normal looking legs with not too much veins on it and the one is cold you need to get in and see uh, your doctor or a vascular surgeon as soon as possible okay that to help you anything? That at all? Is you essentially w- w- what you're describing, without going in, into it in too much detail, is you. It's, it's quite likely that you would have an arterial problem, so a blockage within the artery, and the artery takes the blood from your heart down into your legs. So there's a blockage there, and there's not enough uh, fresh blood getting down into your leg. So
0: it's something you need to sort out sooner rather than later.
2: Absolutely. So I'm
0: mean, off okay, the, the doctor with you tomorrow, Ivan. Okay. Okay. Good luck. Thanks. Good night. If you have any questions, oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Kathy and Hermanus. Good evening.
1: Hello.
5: Good evening, Karen. Hello, Kathy. Um, I just like the doctor's view on uh, spider veins. Mm. uh, You know that sometimes come after childbirth. uh, You know, over many years. Yes. And also, you know, towards uh, the lower part of the leg, and also on the back of the calf. Could that be caused by many years of hiking up high mountains and down vales? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, I no, no, not really. That's very good for your veins. So walking and hiking is very good for your veins. It won't cause but you to that have spider not veins. Cause them? No, does it that? doesn't. No, it doesn't. If you have spider veins in, in your lower legs and the calves, um, yeah, ideally you need to have a scan done to have a look at your again at the valves within your veins oh, because it I could see. be a problem. Um, generally, if we see spider veins, um, as one of the previous callers mentioned, right on the inside of the knee, that little patch there, and then um, the majority on the outside of the thigh. Um, those, va- those spider veins generally are just spider veins on their own and we don't really find uh, much in terms of valve issues in the deeper veins. But uh-huh. if you have spider veins in your lower leg and then specifically um, little veins around your heel, those generally indicate that there's a problem higher up uh, in the deeper vein, the, the the larger veins that would require something like a radiofrequency ablation no
5: no this is just actually towards the lower part of the leg towards the ankle and they don't cause any pain at all and i've had them for many many years but i just wondered i've always thought it was because i did so much hiking when i
2: was younger no very unlikely Okay, thanks, Doctor.
0: You're Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Good night to you. Good right. night. Uh, and we've got a little bit of time left. If you want to call in, oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. Maria in Somerset West. Good evening. Hello, Maria. No, Maria seems to have disappeared. She'll be back with us shortly. I was actually quite interested there, Doctor Bluff, when you said it de- depends on the positioning of these spider veins as to whether we should be concerned about them or not. I wasn't aware of that. I thought they were just spider veins with spider veins, but now it's where they are. Yes. Well, well,
2: most of the time it is just spider veins. But as I said, there are are specific areas that we look at. And, And those patients, you know, the vast majority of spider vein patients that present are the ones that are on the outside of the thigh or the inside of the knee. And those are just spider veins. But if you have a large um, collection of spider veins in the lower leg and then specifically around the ankle. The French came up with this. It's called coronaphylbactasia. So it's, it's called crowning of the ankle by the spider veins. Okay. So that actually is a very strong indicator that there is problems in your veins higher up. I've just been sitting here checking my ankles. They're fine. <laughs> now, when you mentioned that, I thought, well oh, I better look. And I, I couldn't see
0: anything. So I'm, like, I'm happy now.
2: Okay. Yeah, so, but generally, patients that do have um, lots of veins, especially younger patients that have lots of veins in their lower legs or around their ankles, um, yeah, they again ideally should have a scan done to have a look at their veins. If it is just spider veins on the outside of your thigh or on the inside of the leg, those generally just require sclerotherapy if it's of a cosmetic issue to you. Some patients live with their spider veins, they're happy with it, and uh, others don't the
0: one thing when i was looking through some information on, on your website i was i saw something they called venous eczema of
2: the ankle i didn't know that you could have venous eczema yeah so again that's one of the complications of venous reflux disease so just you know as as your venous reflux disease progress now you might or might not have varicose veins most patients do the next step is is that you, your skin becomes irritated because of this venous reflux because you have venous blood that's oxygen deprived and has very little nutrients and it's sitting in your lower leg because of gravity and it's not getting out of your leg. So the skin gets irritated. Is this pretty much like what Francois was talking about and eventually you have bleed? Yes. So the, okay. Yeah. So you develop eczema. The skin's irritated. It's not well, and it's letting you know that it's not well. So it's itching. It's peeling. That eczema can get actually quite severe. And then the next sta- stage up from that is that um, you develop pigmentation. So pigmentation is because the red blood cells in those veins um, they basically get pushed out through the pores in the veins, and the red cell ends up in the tissue outside of the vein. Your body then breaks the red cell down takes the protein and the water back and it leaves the iron behind and it's that iron that causes the brown pigmentation in your lower legs that we see so often in vein patients. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Should we worry? Um, no, again, it's just a sign that there's a venous problem. Uh, it, it's There's unfortunately very little that we can do about it. Some of the dermatologists can treat it with a laser and try and, and fracture the little bits of um, iron pigment and see if, if your body will absorb it, but it's more of cosmetic concern. But more importantly, it, it shows you that it tells a patient that there's a problem with their veins. I just want
0: to, you know, I'm, the one thing I do really well in life is panic. So I'm trying to figure out at what point I'm supposed to start really panicking here. I mean, if I'm seeing these pigmentations, if I develop something like that, is that something I should go to the doctor
2: immediately and say, I've got a problem with my veins? yeah I mean you wouldn't just develop the the pigmentation on its own and have no other symptoms so if you have pigmentation in your legs by that stage you will have other symptoms your legs will be nearly you 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 won't like standing in a queue for too long your legs as I said would feel okay in the morning and they would feel really painful they might be swollen towards the end of the day you'll have a whole bunch of other symptoms that go with the pigment pigmentation so this is sort of a spectrum and it starts with with one thing and it, it then adds on so once you get the eczema you might get the pigmentation then your skin actually starts to change so it starts to your your lower leg will look like an inverted champagne glass because your body is removing the fat under the skin and replacing it with fibrous tissue because it has less demand for oxygen and then eventually you end up with an ulcer so it progresses through those different stages
0: so basically whenever something happens just keep an eye on it yeah and see where it goes from there
2: absolutely you know most patients come in because they can't bear it anymore so Mm -hmm. their legs are problematic
0: Okay, right. If you have any questions, we've got a few minutes left. Oh eight nine two ten twenty ten. I think we've got Maria and Somerset West is back with us. Maria, good evening.
4: Good evening, Gordon.
0: Hello. Uh,
5: I am also. I have that problem. Well, I'm seventy one, and I. Have oh, hang on. My, Sorry, I Maria. Had my first child at the age of at the age of twenty three. I had a, uh, a uh, uh, and um and I have uh, I, I worked standing. Obviously, my job. Uh, beauty therapy and uh, obviously over the years now I'm 71 I have a child at 23 then I had another one and uh, what I've solved the problem actually I uh, had a strip done on the on that particular leg the stripping in Johannesburg about 17 years ago and obviously um, one uh, another vein came out and so forth and so forth and I've got a bit of pigmentation and I realized that this sort of intervention, um, surgical and so forth, it's just temporary because after a few years, you have to go back again and back again and back again. Well, I've solved the problem. I go to England regularly and I saw advertised a product which is a black strap that it's got magnets in it it's called the leg Magnopulse, magno pulse. And I've got... Now I used on both legs. I've only got the problem with the one leg. I never have aching legs, swollen legs. I can stand in a queue for hours. I don't suffer from any problem that's related to varicose veins. And I do have varicose veins. But I do a lot of aquaerobic swimming. And I walk. And I swim in fairly cold water, especially in the summer months. And I tell you it's been for me...
0: An absolute fantastic result, Maria. This is what we were actually talking about. This right at the beginning, when Dr. Bluhner was saying that the problem with having the varicose veins stripped is that sometimes they they do come back. But with the new radio frequency ablation, and now there's this new treatment coming soon, um, that will be a thing of the past. But Dr. Bluchnet, do you know about this strap thing with the magnets on it?
2: No, you don't. It's not, called I'm
3: the
5: but
2: and uh, I, okay. I'm I'm Maria. UK, okay. the company Maria.
5: is called Magnopulse. Okay, you can Mar- look it up on the internet.
2: Maria,
4: and
5: just they hold on, Maria. have several other problems related to arthritic pe- uh, pains, varicose veins, swollen okay. legs,
0: Maria, breaking joints. Maria, just hold on one second, Maria. Dr. Bluffner just wants to mention something.
2: Yeah, no, so unfortunately, I'm a medical scientist. So I deal in, in fact in scientific papers. I often get presented with all sorts of other solutions and things and my standard response and my office knows this is that you know, I, I don't believe in that, and I don't believe in a tooth fairy either. All oh, so. right.
0: Okay. I hope there's no children listening. Okay. <laughs> she won't be too popular with them. But yeah, no, I just, she wanted to mention that that's what she's doing, but she did talk about the fact that she had the stripping done 17 years ago and they yes. came back. And well, that's well, what we said in the beginning, that this does happen. With what it can happen with a stripping
2: yes, procedure. Yes. It, it's just, just to make one correction, it, it can also happen with radiofrequency ablation, but in a far um, lesser amount. So, vein disease is a chronic disease. You have to understand that. So, it's not, it's not a magic wand treatment nothing that we do is a magic wand treatment that it goes away forever but your chances of developing any other problems in future is so much less because it's a completely different way of of treating the veins so this caller also mentioned that she did a whole bunch of other things so those things and she walks and absolutely so yeah so if you if you are active like that your veins are going to be better your legs are going to be better you'll have less symptoms
0: yeah, so that's always, as you said in the beginning, the problem comes in when you're not that mobile. So yes. she seems to be doing the right thing as far as moving around is concerned. Absolutely. Right, coming down to 10 minutes left, 892 10, 10. Edith in Durban, good evening.
1: Good evening. Thank you for, your,
5: for being this late and taking on all our calls.
0: It's a pleasure.
5: Uh, I would like to say that I've got very concerns and I notice when I massage it and I hold on to tone next to the vein, it's, there is some relief, you know, and uh, the more I stand or the more I walk, it pains, but uh, when I exercise, it does help, but it's like this vein that is like protruding, you know, it's quite Mm. big, just below the knee.
2: Yeah, so so what you're describing is very typical vi- vein reflux symptoms. So you need to be scanned and treated essentially. Um, the the what you're describing to us for the massaging would work because you're relieving that that little bit of edema or swelling in the vicinity of the vein. So fluid leaks out of the vein when it's under that high pressure. So when you're squeezing your leg like that, you're actually giving yourself a type of lymphatic massage and you're pushing the fluid back up your leg. So it's the right thing to do. Um, but you're very typically described in what a patient would go through that has vein reflux in that it gets worse as soon as you stand up and it gets a little bit better when you exercise.
0: You yeah, thanks so Have you Have you considered having it treated, Edith?
5: Um, actually, doctors always tell me to use the stocking, you know, mm. and to elevate it uh, every day, like 30 minutes a day. But uh, I do it, but not... So, as
2: often. so that advice is the correct advice, but that was the correct advice 10 years ago. So we've moved on from that to yeah. to the point where, as the first up um, measure, and this has been changed in all the health protocols worldwide, that the f- the first uh, piece of advice that a patient should be given should not be to wear compression stockings, but rather to have a scan done and seek treatment. Oh, then I have
5: to do that. Yeah, no, I haven't done that. Because yeah, so, they
2: can actually so make them go away now, Edith. That's absolutely. The best so part. so this is not me just saying it. Um, this is in the NICE protocol of the United Kingdom, of the NHS, and it's also in, in America, in the American Venus Forum, the American College of Phlebology. Those are the protocols.
5: Yeah, I'm like 61 now, and I don't want to strip and all of but that. They don't do know? that
0: anymore, Edith. That's the whole b- good thing about it. They don't do that vein stripping thing anymore. Oh, okay. As you, if you might have heard the doctor say, I mean, because now they use the sort of this thing called radio frequency ablation that they do. So it's a very fancy term for not, not yeah. being that painful and you recover a whole lot quicker. But he was yeah. saying in a couple of months' time, there's a new treatment coming where they just put super glue down the vein and shut it off. That's all they do. And then it fixes the barracks veins. Gone. Oh, okay. So, I just put my radio on. Just well, you missed the best part. Because <laughs> they don't do stripping anymore it's all these new fancy things now edith which is not even halfway anywhere near as bad as what it used to be and yeah. it's quick quick and you're up and walking the doctor said you it's a under local anesthetic the thing they're doing now and the uh-huh. patient gets up afterwards and walks out the door so i mean you're not even in bed for a week like you would have had to be with the stripping uh-huh. thing so it, it might pay you to go and have yourself investigated because the treatment now is just fabulous Yes, thanks so, so much. So, definitely go and do that. I'll give our doctor's um, room's number again and also the the website if people want to go and find out more information about all these fabulous new treatments. I'm still completely f- fascinated by the fact that you're going to be squirting Superglue down our veins. Yes. I, I think it's I, amazing. Yeah, <laughs> thanks I, so much. Thank uh, you, Edith. Good night, thanks and thanks for the, the call here. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, I think sorry. we should just
2: mention to, to to the people out there that, you know, we've talked about the, the glue now, but what radio frequency ablation mm. actually is is a tiny, thin wire that mm. we insert into the vein around the level of the knee, and we thread it all the way up into your groin, and then that ablates the vein. So that's the actual treatment. So when you say ablate, it destroys, basically. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and uh, as I said previously, this all gets done through a needle opening, so a 2-millimeter opening in your skin. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, and you compare that to what, what, what was the procedure with stripping? I mean, how do they actually do that? So almost so, so you can envision someone standing on top of you sort of yanking your vein out of you. Yeah, it's like starting a <laughs> lawnmower. Thank you. That's a really good picture in my head now. Oh no. Okay. So we don't do that anymore. No. Are some people still doing that though? Because everybody yes. just seems to be talking about oh, the the stripping. So that's still obviously out there.
2: Yeah. Unfort- yeah. I would really say, unfortunately it is, um, uh, to do the inner ablation procedure, there is a certain amount of skill required um, and equipment in these things, so it, it, that isn't always available at, at all the hospitals, um, and the procedure that, that, that the surgeon might be trained in would still be the traditional stripping, and that is what they would offer their patients. But you don't have to go and put yourself through that now? No. no. Is,
0: is something like the, the radio frequency ablation and now coming soon to a theatre near you, literally, um, the superglue procedure, is that going to be done in the public hospital or is that only privately done, these new,
2: new um, treatments? There are certain public hospitals um, that do offer radiofrequency ablations. I'm aware of a hospital in the Western Cape that actually do offer it. It's all—it's obviously limited. Mm. Um, as time goes on, it will become um, the more sort of the gold standard or standard of care, even in the public hospitals. The, the superglue um, probably won't be available in, in public hospitals. Um in the beginning, but eventually it might just falter down. I just don't and want all of you well.
0: listening out there to go, rush out now to go to your local hardware store and buying some super glue and coming home and making a hole in your vein and sticking. Don't do that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Don't we, do that. We, <laughs> we, I, I was fortunate enough to have dinner with the inventor of this um, super glue um, technique that's coming out, and they actually spend a good two years. Um, Not inventing this, but redesigning the superglue. This was a radiologist that used to inject the superglue into small brain aneurysms. He's an interventional radiologist. And he came up with the idea thinking that if we can inject it there, we can surely inject it into veins. And it wasn't that easy. They had to really reinvent um, the way that the superglue reacts to blood and tissue and how soft it is afterwards. And it it took them two or three years to do that.
0: Right. We've got just a few minutes left. We've got Richard on the line from Peter Maritzburg. Richard, quick, quick, we can get your question in.
2: Yeah, I've
1: got a sister-in-law who um, was an epileptic and was put on a drug called EpiNewton which has caused um, peripheral neuropathy in her feet. Is there any cure for it or what sort of exercises would help the pain in her feet?
2: Shame, Yeah, that, that's a very, very difficult condition. I often have patients come in that do suffer from peripheral neuropathy looking for some sort of treatment. Um, there's unfortunately nothing that I can offer them. Um, this is best treated by a specialist neurologist with a specific interest in treating um, peripheral neuropathy. Yeah,
1: Cause at the moment, she's getting a bit of relief from something called gabapentin.
2: That's right. There's a whole host of different um, uh, pharmacologicals that they use. Um, but as I said, this is really in the field of a of a specialist neurologist.
0: Yeah, I'm, I can tell you, Richard, I have peripheral neuropathy because I think I, you might know. I'm not sure if you do, but I have multiple sclerosis. And one of the symptoms of that for me is peripheral neuropathy in my feet. And so I can sympathize with your sister-in-law and there's not much that that's helping me either. So, yeah, it's unfortunately one of those things, you know, you have to just it's a hit and miss thing. If you find something that works for you. You know. mm.
1: She tends to find relief by putting her feet in icy water yes. but you can't do that all day.
0: No, I know. I I'm, yes, tell mm. me about it, especially when you do it in the middle of winter and people look at you like you're really slightly odd because it's freezing outside and you're sitting there with your feet in a bucket of iced water. Yes, mm. I, I tell your sister in law I know exactly what she's going through. I can sympathize <laughs> completely. Yeah, there is a there are like a number of medications on the on the market and as, as Dr. Bluchner said, you know, a neurologist will be the best person to be able to help you, or help her, mm. to find out oh, what, thanks what to take. Very much. Sorry we couldn't be of more help.
1: No, well I hope you don't suffer. I hope like she
0: does, and good well, luck to you. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> thanks. Okay, good night. Bye-bye. bye-bye. <clears throat> yeah, that,
2: that's not really a vein issue, the peripheral neuropathy. No, but strangely enough, because they have foot pain, they often end up in vein clinics. Oh, really? Yes. So the same way that vein patients often end up with orthopedic surgeons because they have lower leg pain. Oh, so it's all, and you have to then obviously redirect them
0: because yes. it's not, yeah... No, I mean, I I know that mine isn't from a vein issue. It's just a a thing. I call it my daily pain. I just live with it because there's nothing much you can do about it. So, you know, you just kind of have to suck it up and get on with it, basically. But I think we've given people quite a a lot of good news tonight. And never mind, I mean, I was aware of the radio frequency ablation. Now the superglue, it all just seems to be getting easier and easier as time goes by. And because varicose vein sort of removal used to be quite a mission in the past. And it's getting easier by the day.
2: Yeah. Uh, You know, and I think the the central message here should be go out out-and-seek treatment. Mm. Um, don't sort of have the ostrich approach with the head in the sand. Well, I think so. people
0: were doing that because the thought of that literally starting the lawnmower with your var- varicose
2: vein, you know, pulling it out, I think was enough to put anybody off. Yes. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. So, yeah, you know. It's a much gentler, it, it literally is a lunch hour procedure because these procedures are done in an office operating room. So, it's no, there's no hospital admission, there's no general anesthetic. It's all done under local anesthetic and the needle phobic patients we accommodate as well with a bit of a sedative.
0: I'm sure that'll be very good news to them. Well, my Thanks once again this evening to Dr. Johann Bluhner. He's a registered and qualified general surgeon with a special interest in minimally invasive surgery in the management of venous disorders including varicose veins spider veins venous ulcers and chronic venous insufficiency and he's been my guest on tonight's edition of Health Matters Dr. Bluchner thank you very much indeed once again for your time I think it's been a very useful and informative evening so thank you so much for joining me
2: yeah thank you Karen I really appreciate it
0: and for all of you out there go off and get your pen and paper I'm going to give you those contact details in a moment so be ready but in the meantime if you've missed anything on the show you can find it on Facebook Health Matters on SAFM or email me health matters at safm.co.za there's contact details for dr blochner the website is vein surgery and the office number in Durban 031-566-3960. If you missed that, just drop me a mail to matters at safm.co.za. Well, that's it for Health Matters for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me and I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after nine with Time to Travel. It's time now for some nighttime music with Stephen Kirker. Hello, Stephen.